Welcome to the Occasional Adult Podcast, where we have candid conversations about all the challenges we face as we attempt adulthood and how we're only good at being adults occasionally. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm your host, Jamee. And being young-ish adults ourselves, we'll share experiences that you'll probably relate to and hopefully learn from. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's get into this episode. Hey, y'all. Excited for episode two. We are talking all about new beginnings, as you should have learned last episode. But we have another special guest with us. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. It is my little, not so little sister, Marissa Lucas. Hey, Marissa. <laughs> she is a new-ish adult she just really transferred over into this struggle bus life and um she has a whole line of letters the whole alphabet behind her name because she has a b s m s and a phd so you know athletic training and whatnot she's she's taken over the world but she's moved all of these different places so with today's topic being new environments we felt like she would be the best guest i might know a little something (laughs) well hopefully you'll spread it to the people Before we get too deep into it, as we were thinking about this, everybody has come to this point in their life where they have gotten a new apartment and or living arrangement house. And I feel like Ari Lennox, you know, she said it best. She made a whole song about it that was too relatable, so we couldn't not bring it up. And with that, I'm going to ask you all, to share your favorite lyric from that song that relates to you know your whole experience with new environments marissa you want to go first yeah i could go first okay uh-huh. all right the the stanza because it was a couple lyrics that were hitting come on um, stanza. <laughs> the stanza that i picked says pop my wuha in the sky because mm. nobody here to judge my life mm-hmm. Leave the dishes in the sink. Absolutely. Do some cartwheels. Yeah. Because <laughs> my furniture ain't came. Standard shipping. <laughs> I know that's right. I'm still fighting trying to get the last piece of my couch, like, till this day. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was, I, I know that struggle, um, especially trying to get furniture during the pandemic with all of the supply chain being messed up however it did work in my favor and I got a free half of a couch so I'm not really complaining (laughs) because they messed up but I felt that on a spiritual level thank you for sharing Marissa Tony it's funny that that was your favorite stanza because Technically, my favorite lyric in the song is pop my wuha in the sky. I just, I felt her <laughs> when she said that. I resonated with her because it's like, yes, bitch, 
I too <laughs> can pop my wuha in the sky of my own home in my own private space. Yes, ma'am. But my favorite part of the song isn't even like when she's singing. It's at the end of the song when she's going on her little monologue. And she said, mm. your furniture is not going to fucking teach you how to Dougie. Bitch. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that that was a part of the song. <laughs> she sent me. She sent me with that one. Queen Ari. <laughs> yes, ma'am. What you got, Jamae? I Can't rewind the tape real quick. One, totally agree with Pop My Wuha because who hasn't laid on their back and done the stripper legs at one point in their life? <laughs> and then two, can you explain why the furniture not being able to teach you how to Dougie is so relatable to you? It's not even that it was relatable. It's just the first time that I listened to the album. And I listened to the song all the way through and I got to that. I literally cackled. Like, <laughs> almost in tears. I'm like, I can't believe you just said that shit. And then, like, once I calmed down, I was like, damn, you right. Because, okay, I pulled up the lyrics. Just so I can remember. Okay. Her oh. little monologue. <laughs> She said, all the furniture you get does not keep you warm at night. Your furniture is not going to fucking have sex with you. It's not going to teach you how to Dougie. It's not going to teach you how to swim. It's not going to teach you how to roller skate. And then I realized, oh my God, I need people. <laughs> so that's why I related because I'm a very introverted person and I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me like, mm, Tony, you got to get out the house sometimes. <laughs> And be around others. It's hard. It's hard. I do get it. It's hard. Very. And I'm getting to that point. I was the opposite in undergrad. So now I'm tired of y'all. So it Mm. it is what it is. But I like to applaud that reenactment because it was there. It was giving. You just matched it perfectly. I think Ari should hire you. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I agree. Ari, if you're listening... We'd love to be a part of your entourage. But anyway, um, so I feel a little basic because both of y'all picked like whole stanza- stanzas and monologues and whatnot. My favorite lyric is walk around this beach naked. And then she kind of yells and nobody gonna tell me shit. And I loved that part because you right. If you got a problem, you could leave. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she says that kind of in the song too. So my second favorite lyric, since y'all gave whole verses and whatnot, is "Get the fuck on." <laughs> like she just says that yes. repeatedly at the end of the song. Yes. <laughs> Again, relatable. It. Extremely relatable. <laughs> just talked about being introverted and unbothered. <laughs> oh my goodness! So with that, thank you for that introduction, Jamee. <laughs> It's on the right track. So with that, let's go ahead and get into these new environments that we have experienced ourselves. So mm-hmm. you just went on this whole, you know, thing about how Marissa has all these letters behind her name. So mm-hmm. I want to know about that transition because you've been, you went to grad school straight after undergrad, right? And then you yep. went to grad school again. Yep. why did you say it like that (laughs) that sounded judgmental as hell you you you. you went to yes and you went to grad school again (laughs) 
the fuck? <laughs> was not meant to be judgmental. <laughs> I was just trying to think, wait, how many degrees does she have? 15? <laughs> did she go to grad school? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I went to undergrad in Virginia. Then I went and got my master's in North Carolina. And then I got my DAT. I won't call it a PhD because people get offended. But... Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> Um, my DAT in Florida and now I am in Georgia Mm. we'll allow you to shout out your either non-HBCU or your lesser HBCU if you would like (laughs) because you know we got a whole bunch of Aggies on the call right now I'm just saying but if you would like to say the actual school names so that people can back you that's fine I only ever claim Hampton let's get that like, oh, wow. that's, that's where I that's where I got my start we're not gonna like dismiss the fact that Hampton made me the four years that I was mm-hmm. the, and that who I am and how I moved today but I was uh, I got my master's in Greensboro I did not go to NCAT mm-hmm. but Come I want to be NCAT I did go to UNCG um <laughs> I really, I, I claim, so these two grad school experiences, I, I didn't really go to the school. Like, I, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went to a classroom and <laughs> then back home and to work. So, um, and then I got my DAT at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Same situation. I went to the football stadium, which is where my classroom was. And then I went to work and then I went home. Okay. So, so it was kind of like you had a second job. Yes. Well, that was my only job because you don't really get time to do anything else. So, yeah, you right about that. You right yeah. about that. So, what has it been like being in school for so long and then transitioning into, I guess, regular work life or nine to five type life? What has that been like for you? So, yeah. So, like, being an athletic trainer, I think, prepared me a little bit better for a transition like this because I still worked crazy, crazy amount of hours and didn't get the breaks, didn't have the money, didn't do this, like didn't get paid anything. So transitioning now, like just as far as work-life balance, I actually get more time to myself because I don't have class. Mm-hmm. So four hours I used to spend in class, I sleep in and then I go to work at 1230 and then I'm there till God knows when, but <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I have more time to myself as far as work, but realizing that I have more time to myself, I realized like, I don't have friends. I don't oh have, <laughs> No, like, no, I'm being <laughs> serious. Like I, I don't have, like, I don't have friends. I don't have people that I know here. Like I'm by myself here. Um, so it kind of, at first, the transition, like, really was a lot because I felt mm-hmm. lonely. And then work was a hot mess, like a huge shit show. <laughs> like, ooh, choo, I'm about to quit already. So <laughs> the transition from, like, being in school to being outside of school and not being able to rely on the people that I know in my classes was difficult mm-hmm. because it was like, dang, I have to really take this on myself and whew, I can call them, but 
a folk it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's super different. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because after I finished undergrad at A&T, I went straight to grad school too and got my master's from Pitt. So you're right. You don't really have a life. Like <laughs> I was taking my classes and then I was working in um, my lab doing my master's thesis and stuff like that. And then outside of the classroom, once you go home, you still have homework and projects and just a whole bunch of other shit that's still related to school. So yep. once I graduated and got a job and transitioned to that part of life, I was like, oh, I have time now. And I have no idea what to do with this time. Like, yep. what? <laughs> once I get off of work, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. That was kind of hard. I ain't gonna lie. Naps. <laughs> I take lots of naps. No, that's exactly. Like, I will not get like my body automatically wakes up at like seven thirty or eight a.m. The M. I go right back. I go eat and I go right back to sleep till twelve fifteen because why? What else do I have to do? Mm. That's lovely. Oh, yes, it is, and I'm jealous of the both of y'all because <laughs> you know I got seventeen million jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so with transitioning, if you have listened to any part of season one, then you know that I've had multiple jobs in multiple different industries um, over the course of my time from undergrad, like 2015 to now. Um, I did not go straight into grad school. You can miss me with that. Undergrad was <laughs> not it. Um, I grew a lot during undergrad, but it took it all out of me mentally and emotionally. Uh, so I needed that mental break. And then I also didn't just want to jump into something that um, was duplicative of what I had already studied or just some bullshit something just because mama wanted me go. So <laughs> I took my time to research and figure that out. Um, so I was, I guess, directly in the workforce. Um, it wasn't bad because I literally went from working or being a student at ANT to working at ANT. So it was a soft transition. And then I went into the quote unquote real workspace. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Uh, now the whole unemployment thing and transitioning from that and doing all of that stuff, that was interesting, but I did work and go to grad school at the same time. It still wasn't terrible because since I was remote and I went to school at USC in California, not South Carolina, they are three hours behind. So I'd literally be able to work and then have a break and then go to class. And most of it was async. So you could just listen to stuff while you're working or cleaning or whatever you're doing at home. So it wasn't too terrible. I actually miss it a lot. (laughs) Not going to lie to you. But when it comes to careers and transitioning out, I feel like that was a little bit smoother. Uh, The one thing I would say, um, I stayed where I was at. So been in Greensboro since 2011 at this point. I guess I got real comfortable. I don't know why I thought my friends were going to stay local because they didn't. So that I, I get what you're saying about friends. I only make friends at work. I don't. I don't go outside. outside (laughs) And then I talked to Tony on this podcast. So, (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, Jermaine, you're so funny. But you do bring up an interesting point because you ended up staying in Greensboro. And then I've been everywhere somehow. Like I went from North Carolina to Pittsburgh to Phoenix and now I'm in Maryland. I I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how, but we're here now. And then Marissa, That's you nomadic. named say that again. I said nomadic, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, and you've been like through a whole bunch of different cities too. So what has that been like for you? Like the new environment that you had to experience, I guess, being in a new city each time that you got one of your degrees. <laughs> oh, as an athletic trainer, like, so that was my last four years. So besides, like, outside of Hampton, which in Hampton, I was still doing classes and I worked with the athletic trainers there and then I worked at Chipotle. Um, so <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> I think that was, like, the biggest thing. But with being an athletic trainer and in athletic training for the last four years, getting my degree in that, I really don't have time to go explore or go out and make friends and do things that people who not necessarily nine to five, but people who get their weekends, people who get off at six or whatever time can go do. So like nine times out of 10, I was getting home and going straight to sleep, waking back up, going to class. So mm-hmm. I think being in those places, I didn't get to experience what I should have been experiencing. I think, I realized that while I was in Florida. So I would go out with like my friends. We would go kayaking or we'd go hiking. We would go breweries. We would go different places to like get out. And I think that was just our way to escape. But I realized that I spent so much time and Jamaica can attest to this because I've been like this since probably 1996 when I was born. She is her father's child. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm just like work, 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 go, 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 like work, 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 work. And so I never really take the time for myself to actually go do things that I like or go explore. So I think being in every single new city, I wish if I could do it again, I would do more for myself than giving myself to other people. Mm. And then now, (laughs) now, so I'm in Augusta, Georgia, which every Mm. single question every day I get, oh, well, are you married to somebody in the military? Like what? <laughs> make it make sense, please. No, like no, I'm not. Oh well, you got kids with somebody in the middle. Do you have kids? Like, are you are you do you work in a warehouse? So like, if you were in Augusta, it's either you work in a warehouse or you're married to somebody in the military because this is like a base. This, this okay, that base. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a base for them. So like, people are like, "Why did you come here?" Right. Like, <laughs> like, why else would you be here? I was like, because the job that I got, like, Mm -hmm. that's legitimately the only reason that I am here. So I'm trying, and it's really small. It's, it is super small. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I moved into- The town or the school? Well, the high school is small, but the town, like Augusta is like in itself small. It's not, it's not Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is it Jamesburg small or- Not Jamesburg small. Probably Greensboro small. Probably okay. Greensboro small. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not yeah, too small. There's yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> for you to be small. in Georgia. Hell yeah. <laughs> there's not like a whole bunch to do. Like there's a bunch of eateries downtown, but that's it. Like there's nothing else. So you gotta go 
somewhere else to do something fun. Like, so I, but I still, like I said, I have more time to go do those things. But now it's just like, ah, do I really want to get out of my bed on my time off? No. <laughs> I don't. To be, to be around people I don't like. Mm, mm, and or don't know. Mm. And that's why I don't like them. Because I don't know. <laughs> don't be a hermit crab. It's not healthy. <laughs> is, is Marissa me? Are we? Yes, not- I've been telling y'all that. I've been telling y'all that. <laughs> I mean, I know. But like also, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I did not expect to be talking to myself on the screen. <laughs> Okay, well, pots meet kettle. <laughs> are you are you a Capricorn? No, she's a Gemini. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> but she's got to have her moon sign or or whatever the rising sun, all of that stuff. She's got to have something else baked in there. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think I th- I can't remember. I, I'm not even been alive on this podcast. <laughs> But I think I think one of them wasn't Taurus, but that's it. I can't remember the other one. Okay, that's what it is, because that's that's where the Earth sign is, right there. That that explains it. We had that realization the last time we talked. That was like we are polar opposites, Tony. Like, I don't understand why we don't hate each other, and then we realized my rising moon is a Taurus, so. Mm-hmm. She makes sense to me, and I guess I make sense to her sometimes. Yeah, I don't know anything about my rising and setting signs. And <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. Yes. It's just how you, like, respond to stuff. But if you know the time of your birth, you can look it up. I know I was born in the morning. That's it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, I'm not going to judge you because the only reason I remember is it's 321, so 321. <laughs> Oh, that's really convenient. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we yeah. get real off topic. This ain't got shit. Yes, my bad. I want to throw mine in there though because I was born at twelve oh six p.m. and it's, mm. it's my birthday reverse, so six twelve. Oh, that works out. That's really convenient. Okay. Something else that I think about when I think about new environments is relationships and how our relationships Mm -hmm. change. So did either of you have to go through that in this whole adulting journey? And as you were transitioning, you know, from college to, you know, life after college. Mm. And that can really be any type of relationship. Like, of course, we think more so about romantic relationships, but really... All of our relationships are changing somehow. Okay. The first thing that came to mind was transitioning from a predominantly black institution to predominantly white workspace. Mm. Um, I was not used to being... The one in the room um, after being the part of like the sea of pepper and there'd be like sprinkles of salt. I was now again the one pepper flake in the sea of salt. So that was different. My yeah, it hmm. I know that with high school and like where we grew up in Jersey and stuff like that, it was a multitude of races and stuff, but primarily white and asian 
Mm-hmm. But so it wasn't like a culture shock. It was just an adjustment because I couldn't say the same things. The colloquialisms were different. I had to remember that not all white people are bad and that I don't hate them. (laughs) It just was extremely convenient not to have to deal with them for four years. I feel that. And be judged or have to like think about how I'm moving through a space if that makes any kind of sense. So that was the first relationship that came to mind because mm-hmm. I was sitting at my um coworker's house. Like I went on my week off to go to High Point to go see her just to check on her. And as we were talking, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Abigail. She was like, what? I was like, we're actually friends. Like, you are my first white friend in in years. Like, I need you to understand. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I left the comfort of my home to drive 20 minutes to you on my week off to just see how you were doing because you were having a bad day. Wild mm. concept. Mm, super wild. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Could not be. So, oh, my God. You are better than most. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was a small gesture. I would have done that for either one of y'all. Well, yeah. Well, she's your sister and I'm your best friend. So that- I don't know why you said she. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's in my heart. <laughs> you know, it's in my heart. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad oh, the Holy Spirit just fudged all of that up for you. Just <laughs> he held your tongue. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, For my relationships, well, I guess there's two things. Friendships and then romantic relationship. With my friendships, I, like, disconnected from the people that I was close with in college and then had time to reconnect with them. So that was definitely something new to navigate. I think I disconnected them because, you know, as y'all know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I call grad school the dark ages and the dark ages were a wild time and I wasn't really talking to anybody. And then once I left the dark ages and started flourishing, I was on the other side of the country in Phoenix. So it was hard to <laughs> maintain those relationships with my friends, but I've been I've been getting back to it. So that's been mm-hmm. a journey. And then with my romantic relationships, <laughs> there's a lot that I can say there, but long distance. Mm. I dealt with two different long distance relationships in grad school and in uh, while I was living in Phoenix. So new environments, I would not do it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If I could go back, I would be living in Phoenix single. Okay. Single. (sighs) I don't remember the rest of the words to that song. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, Marissa, what about you? What about you? What about your relationships, girl? So as far as friendships, um, I still, I think that I sound so bad, but of course you make acquaintances with the people you are in like grad programs with and undergrad with. And then what moving outside of that, like I probably don't talk to, I think I talked to one person out of my master's program Mm -hmm. one person outside like in my DAT program and then two people still from undergrad two or three people that are 
it's really two that I still like actually reach out to and figure out and sounds bad, but they're all black. Like, and the whole reason that we connected was because we were the only, well, not at Hampton, obviously, but for like <laughs> my two graduate degrees, we were the only black people in the program and in, in like in the environment. And so we made a connection based off of that. And, but I would go, I would go to bat for them any, any day. And then as far as Hampton, like my circle, it, they make me stronger. Like mm-hmm. my one friend, uh, like doctor of physical therapy, my other friend, she works with bariatric um, heart stuff. I can't even tell you what she does because it's like, it still boggles my mind. Cause I don't know what it is. So like, I know so many, like so many great people and I love to try to check in with them. So, yeah. So as far as friendships, I still only maintain probably four of them at most at best. Cause I realized I was reaching out to people and then unfortunately now you're labeled the strong friend and nobody reaches out to you asking you how your day is or how anything went about your life and you're stuck. Hey, 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 how are you? Nah, if you want to, you could talk to me, you could talk to me. But yeah, so I only keep really a very small circle, but those are the ones I would go to bat for, of course. And obviously that doesn't include Jamae and stuff like that. She's already my sister. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's um, for granted, but I would definitely, and then I do have friends at home, and when I say at home, I mean in Jersey. Um, I oh, keep, I but, but I, I, I don't reach out to them like I should probably reach out to them. But it's never mm-hmm. bad blood whenever I go see them, so it's always picking up where. And I like those friendships because I'm sorry. Sometimes I might have to pause you and move on with my life and get to where I need to be as a person, mm-hmm. and then, and then. Whenever we see each other again, like, no, nothing wrong with you, but I just needed time to myself to get myself right. But romantically, as far as that, been single as a Pringle since 1996. Oh my God. What? I don't feel like that's accurate. Is that accurate? That is accurate. (laughs) I I do remember mommy thinking you were gay at one point. Oh my gosh. She, she has lived my life. My mother never said this, but she she would just like context and certain looks she would give me when I didn't have a boyfriend yet. She would just look at me and be like, So you don't you don't have a man yet? You don't you're in college, where's your boyfriend? Okay, you broke up with him, you're in grad school, where's your where's your boyfriend? Oh, I'm never getting grandkids. Oh, no. And I know in her mind she's thinking, does she like women? So, yeah, so uh, I was never told this situation. Jamae actually told me <laughs> when I was older, and I was like, "Oh, I like guys. I, I do." So, like, no. Um, yes, that is a true statement. I have never been somebody's girlfriend. Were there situationships? Of course, there were situationships, and then, mm. but honestly, like romantically, people one people quote unquote are not triggered by me but like um either too unapproachable or 
I got too much like going on. Oh okay, god, you're really gonna trigger her. We need to. Move. <laughs> well, I'm moving on. Um, so it's just kind of, but then you always get the. You, I know you got a man at home. I know you got this. Like, please stop talking to me. Please stop saying dumb shit like that. Shit, like, oh, it pisses me off. But yes, I am. <laughs> I, I wish y'all could on. see their faces. But I am moving on. Um, I am single. Probably will remain single because I really do like this life that I am living. It's good. It's um, good. It's a good, good life. Grocery. I just wish I had a little bit more income, and then I could be oh, rich. A little bit, girl. Mm. I know then I could be, then I could be rich auntie vibes, and that's kind of the way I'm way I'm trying to go. But yes, yeah. yes, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I I want to pick apart so many different things, but for the sake of time, I will not. <laughs> All I will say is I cannot wait to see the man Marissa brings home. And it has nothing to do with that man. Um, <laughs> I just know that he is going to have to be very strong, one, to even get to the point where Marissa wants to be in a whole relationship with you. Because you know, she the patience, She's that patience, the, the patience is not there. Mm. No tolerance for stupidity. So good luck. And then after you convince her, then you got her older sister, Talia. Then you got her oldest, other older sister, me. Then you have um, our brother-in-law, Charles. Crazy. And mm. then you have hopefully her future brother-in-law. We wait in. It's oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, and then you got your crazy ass daddy and your crazy ass mama. So <laughs> mm, my mm. prayers go out to you, sir. Um, good luck. Anywho, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> Not too scaring off the men. I mean, I, I do that myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. Oh my goodness. Look. Anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. So we just unpacked a lot, and I know that we were talking about transitions and whatnot. So to go back to that point quickly, let's talk about your expectations versus the reality of your situation. So we talked about careers. What did you think your career, like, or how it was going to go or how you were going to get into it versus what actually happened? Mm. I don't care who start. Marissa, you want to you wanna go or you thinking? Um, I was like, do the past and then I'll do now. Uh, I don't think I ever had that. I don't want to be an athletic trainer. I think growing up, I always was like, I want to be in the sports field or something like that. I want to be working with athletes. I did think that I wanted to be a physical therapist. Um, but then I realized like, Hey, I don't want to be a physical therapist cause I want to be on the sidelines. So when I got to Hampton and I immersed myself with the sports medicine staff, I was like, yeah, man, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. Um, so expectation versus reality, it just, my game plan switched for like two seconds, but it was ultimately the same field. If I were to go do physical therapy, I would make a lot more money than I do now. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I love, I love what I do and I wouldn't, change how I got here uh, by any means mm -hmm. and then as far as just expectations versus reality and careers now I 
so I work at a high school. I, I said that I want to do some weird shit. I want to do not like that, but like. Oh, you know, saying OnlyFans, feet pics. Um, no. <laughs> like I want to work at, uh, as an athletic trainer in bull riding, and mm-hmm. so oh how yeah how do I transition from high school to bull riding? I don't know. But I'll get there mm-hmm. because I am that person and I will I do what I want to do and I say what I want to say and eventually I'll do mm-hmm. it. But that was my expectation versus reality. I'm not where I want to be yet. But right now I had a passion for mentoring and I was mm-hmm. like, I I need to be in a high school. I need they need to see somebody like me where I I did go through school. I did go through many years of school and you could do the same thing. Like the high school I work at, they was there. It's the only third week of school. There's about, there has been about 11 fights. Um, mm-hmm. oh, two girls mm-hmm. have been, two girls have been suspended for getting, getting busy in the school. Um, oh. Yeah. So the, their test scores are not good. Like they, there's some kid that is 18 and he's still in the 10th grade. He got seven credits. So, so yeah. Pray for them. So I mean, I'm I'm where I need to be. Mm -hmm. be, But I'm going to go where I want to be eventually. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like it won't be too much of a transition because you're dealing with clownery, and then they got rodeo clowns. So it's all violent. (laughs) Okay. But you feel like you're where you need to be in order to make an impact. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah I definitely feel that. But we we not gonna skip past this bull riding thing. <laughs> Cause how did you even? How did you even get interested in that? People ask me that daily. Um, <laughs> I uh, so so obviously Jersey we ain't we ain't do all that in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and like I never, grew, I never grew up watching it or nothing. But then, like as I went through the years of school that I did go through, I was like, man, I really don't want to do a traditional sport. I don't want to be a traditional setting. Um, I don't want to do football. I don't want to do. I don't want to do basketball. I don't want to do those things. What's something that is an extreme thing that's out of the ordinary where I can work with people who want to actually do do what they want to do and if even if their arm is falling off and where my opinion is life-saving i guess maybe even i gotta even if their arm is falling off <laughs> so like their arms falling off and i gotta be like oh no nah, you can't go and they actually have to listen to me like i i like i like those, i like those settings because i like i like athletes that want to like compete want to do like these kids now are just it's the it's the trophy era where everybody mm. got to show me they're the softest people. Oh, the participation. Mm. They're oh, like yeah. the softest people I know, like command now. So I just want to, that's why. And then, so originally it was WWE and I grew oh. up watching WWE and I was like, oh, that's something cool. Like that's why I originally went to Florida because their practice facility is in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm close enough. I can do something with it. But then I just started watching it more and more. Like even now, like to this day, I like, come home Mondays and turn it on Fridays if I can, but I got games now, but, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at it. Like they, they're acting is, it, it's not bad, but <laughs> it's not good. Well, 
they they be yelling at the little medical people and i'm like i don't got time mm. for you to fake yell at me real yell at me like i'm trying to help you mm-hmm. and- i just got hit in the face with a chair maybe right <laughs> she's gonna turn into a real match yeah. <laughs> exactly like i i just don't have the time i don't i didn't so i was like ah i could do i want to i want to try bull riding i want to try i want to get in the and it's awesome it's cool to watch now i watch it now i'll be like oh y'all crazy <laughs> basically yeah. and they got a lot of back issues and i i can't imagine why <laughs> <laughs> and i myself have gone a few years with some back issues and i'm still dealing with it like i just got my nerve burned off this past april or may or something like that your so, nerve burned off yeah i got it what yeah they they, they burn it off so the pain signals stop generating oh my if y'all could see my face Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, this has been her whole life. You know, the little putt putts in the grocery store? Like, that was her. <laughs> she was going. Did, your life just sounds so interesting. Yes. I think at one point, wasn't your tailbone like flipped the wrong way? Yeah. At some point in my life, uh, like, I don't, I know y'all don't know a whole, like, not y'all necessarily. Jermaine probably do because I talk about it, but. Um, anatomy wise, your sacrum is actually two pieces. It's your sacrum and then your coccyx. So my coccyx, your little tail, which is your tailbone, it's supposed to be at a 55 or something like that degree angle, like underneath you. Mine Mm -hmm. was at a 30 degree angle pointed the other way. Mm. Like, so yeah. Oh, oh. And so that. She literally had a tail. (laughs) I, and then that also was causing my sacrum to shift forward so i have anterior rotated hips which is which places pressure on the discs in your back so now i got i got an old old person back i got um arthritis Mm -hmm. in the last four of my vertebrae and i got some spinal canal narrowing and some uh, yeah yeah well marissa makes all my career aspirations sound really boring but no whatever it's fine (laughs) (laughs) we're you you asked the question of um, expectations versus reality so jamey when you were talking earlier about being like the only one in the room, like the only black person or something like that. Mm-hmm. I expected that, right? Because, you know, outside of A&T, when I had my internships and stuff like that, I was still the only one in the room. But I didn't expect for it to still be going on for this mm-hmm. long in my career. Granted, I'm still technically early career or whatever, but still, it's been a minute. And there's never been a moment where I haven't been either the only black person, the only woman, or both. Like, the mm-hmm. only something in the room. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to go on this long. <laughs> There's a lot. A shift, a pivot, a career change. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. And that's, that's actually a thing, too. I did not expect to be ready to make changes in my career so often. Well, not that often, but like every few years, I've been ready to do something new, 
whether it's take a new step in my career or switch companies, change industry, something like that. Once I hit the two year mark after I've done something, I just start getting the itch. Like, okay, time to make a change. I'm like, what? Why am I like this? <laughs> Why is this happening? No, I feel that. I feel that. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But when I think back to like what I wanted to do back when I was a kid, I had an interest in a whole bunch of things. I thought I was going to be a vet. I wanted to be a mm-hmm. lawyer. I thought I was going to be mm-hmm. working on planes, building planes and stuff like that. I thought I was going to be a doctor. I don't. Yeah. So it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. I was supposed to be Barack, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Complete left turn in marketing. But (laughs) I think if you guys have been listening well to this episode and any parts of season one, y'all know my career expectations. I definitely graduated and had absolutely no job and that was not the plan. So I won't go down that road. Um, Grad school, I expected it to be great and it was great. Let me see. Relationship statuses, you guys already know. I've been in a relationship for 75 years and I still don't have a ring, Mm. but it's cool. Um, So clearly, like, you know, when you're little or I don't want to say little, but younger, you just think that certain things are supposed to happen at certain times in your life. It is what it is at this point. We're over it. If somebody means something to you and they're worth waiting for, then do that. It is what it is. It'll turn out great. And if it doesn't, then deuce. Um, (laughs) So then the only thing that that leaves is the city. That was the only thing that really was, I guess, different from expectations in reality. For whatever reason, I got in my head that if I stayed here, like, because everyone was from North Carolina, they'd always be around or within like drivable distances. Most of them are, but it's not like a 30 minute to two hour drive. It's more like a four to five, six hour drive because everybody mm. want to live either in Atlanta or Baltimore or something. So it's kind of, I don't want to say lonely, but because I'm right down the road from undergrad, it makes me think about y'all. So the only time I really get to see everyone and they come back and it has that whole nostalgia vibes is homecoming. So that's that's that on that. Oh, yeah. I've never expected to stay in North Carolina. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Charlotte. I'm from Charlotte. I love the city of Charlotte. But because I'm from there and I spent my whole life there, from the age of one yes. to like me graduating yeah. college, I had no need to live there. So I expected to be wherever. I didn't necessarily expect to be in the cities that I was living in, but I expected to be very much open to living wherever yeah. life took me. That yeah. didn't register at all because I had already done that. <laughs> Like, move mm-hmm. from New Jersey to North Carolina. Like, I got out. So, in my brain, everybody else had got out. So, I thought y'all were going to stay. It's fine. Mm-mm. I respect your dreams. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I agree with Tony. I don't think I ever had an expectation of where I was going to live or where I was going to end up. But, like Jamee said, it was just getting out of Jersey and getting out of where we grew up. Because it gets, mm-hmm. you get stuck there, you just get stuck there. Like, yeah. And 
it's wild. But even now, like, I probably not gonna stay in Augusta, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I done bought all this furniture, so I'm gonna use it for a year or two or three. But um, I can't come with you. (laughs) I I know, I know, but like, an expectation I know this is like a very bad expectation because it's probably not gonna happen, but my expectation is the next place I move, I want it to be a home and a home with somebody that I potentially see myself with for the rest of my life. Um, now, I don't know if they're going to want this couch. Don't know if they're going to want this dining room table. So it's like things like that. But I, I'm like, I'm like I said earlier on this podcast, I'm nomadic wherever, wherever the wind takes me, wherever the wind blows me to next. Mm, come on. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That is what air signs do, huh? Uh, (laughs) Okay. So, I got a curveball question for you guys. Since we're talking about new environments. Okay. How do you navigate new environments with parental roadblocks? Meaning, basically, your parents aren't ready for you to take on those new environments. Hmm. Mm. We definitely had to have a come to Jesus meeting with my mother. Um, <laughs> Cause for whatever reason, she was, she went from like being the complete opposite of a helicopter parents. Well, I don't want to say the complete opposite, but a pretty reasonable parenting style, like pull up to A&T, kick me out the car, throw my stuff out and be like, bye. And it's like mm-hmm. gone. But now if I don't call her at least once a week, it's an issue. And then every time I get on the phone with her, it's, well, Marissa talked to me every day, you know? So I don't, I, you're just so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I will say that uh, it's about, for me, it was about setting expectations about what our adult relationship was gonna be like yes you raised me yes I appreciate it no because I'm an adult making my own decision doesn't mean that I'm poo-pooing on everything that you gave me uh but trust that you did a good enough job and that I will make my own choices and they will be the right choices and if they are wrong I will learn from that and move Mm -hmm. on because you taught me how to problem solve right it is it is Oh, Lord. Marissa on the other hand. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to go back to the fact that Jermaine was like, oh, my mom thinks I'm a lesbian when I was younger. <laughs> That's where it stems from. I talk to her every day so she doesn't get the expect like, because I didn't talk to her when I was younger, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it switched. Like, Jermaine would talk to her and she would talk to Jermaine and I didn't, I would, I, I was my, I was my, dad's child like so I think that I started over talking to my mother because I was compensating for oh man I don't want her to think I'm a lesbian again like (laughs) (laughs) so I think like so yeah I do talk to my mom every day like now and it's not like now it's more of like a oh my gosh 
I don't want to burden anybody else because I talk to her and I just vent about how stupid people are and how my job is and stuff like that. So, but she need I, I don't Jamaican maybe like disagree or agree with me, but she needs that. She like got no friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even just no, no friends, but she she's she's trying. She's I think she's realizing that we are getting older. We are not needing her as much. And it's not bad that we don't need her. It's just she taught us all that we need to know to get through life. And like Jermaine said, if we make mistakes, we make mistakes. We'll learn from them. But she's yes. taught us how to. She's taught us how to learn from them and grow from them. Um, right. I think. I think the biggest issue, two issues that I had was. I, I, this sounds weird because growing up, like Jamaican, attest to it too. They think I don't know. They think not Jermaine's incompetent. But <laughs> they, again. they they think that, I don't know, somehow I, I became the stronger child mm-hmm. than Jemay, even though that she's mm-hmm. she's older. Yeah. Um, like Oh, yeah, that was annoying. Yeah. Are you talking about how they never tell me when somebody passes away? That and like even like <laughs> I, I took a financial course in um, high school and that has been a thing like oh i i'm gonna tell you this because you'll be better with the finances or like this like things like that i don't know mm-hmm. if you ever yeah. remember that but like things like that like i that gets thrown on me so i don't think there was ever an expectation for me like or a, a curveball or a roadblock on that aspect of it but i did have to tell her like hey stop checking my bank account like stop question <laughs> oh stop questioning me girl <laughs> stop. <laughs> No question to me about the the purchase I made. Like I, I did yeah, make yeah. the purchase. I know I have the money. Like I made my own money. I'm gonna spend my money that I made. I will. Like I saved enough money to be able to spend the money that I earned. So I think that was like the biggest curve that I had. And mm-hmm. I guess I have to not take it back, but take it back a little bit because last month I got caught up because I moved money over and I have money in my account and then my bills came out at the same time and I was like oh my god five dollars down in my account <laughs> and my mom was the one that told me hey you got five dollars in your account and I was like I just looked at it the other day um but I think adulting problems <laughs> I think I financially is where my parents still have a heavy play in what I'm doing because I was in school for so long. Um, I There's don't like trust there. And, absolutely. And, and for the fast year, for last four years, I wasn't working. And when I was working for my like the last two years, I, I can tell I'm not making this no more, but I only made 16,000 a year. And mm-hmm. so like mm. they, they had to help me a lot. Like they still had to pay for a lot of things. Cause I wasn't able to work extra on top of that. Um, well, I think that's where my roadblock is like with the finances and I'm like trying so hard to get up out underneath for them paying for things because like they keep paying for things means they still got a little information and they need the more information control. That's what it is. Lord. But other, other than that, I don't think there are any real big like parental roadblocks because I think that they have been treating me independently for a very long time because they just thought that I was able the able child mm. That's what I mean. that was annoying 
<laughs> but it is what it is. Like going home, I told y'all this already, but going home every single break, when you're switching your major to engineering, Marissa likes science. <laughs> like it's gonna be fine. And it's because Marissa would spend everybody else's money and hold on to her own. Oh, so that's why they thought she was fiscally responsible but what they don't realize just because you hold on to money <laughs> doesn't make you fiscally responsible because you don't I, do that I am fiscally responsible I am yes, I'm just saying in general <laughs> but yes it does not if you save money and you hold on to it does not mean you are fiscally responsible it means that you just hold on to money yeah so. yeah I've learned that. I learned I need to invest in uh, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, I will keep this short, but like family thing. She is, she, when mommy got sick, right, she didn't have that time with you to bond in a relationship and stuff like that. So when y'all didn't talk, she would blame herself for that. So she would try to figure out how to talk to you, but she just didn't know how. And then she didn't want to offend you like by asking whether or not you're gay but she was like i just want her to know she could come and talk to me if she is and i'm like mama she not she just don't like stupid people so <laughs> just just so you're aware i don't want you to think that like she was over here trying to buy you rainbows and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> no i uh, and as we and uh, sorry tony you could like answer your curveball question too but we were, you know, like, we, we are, we're like a family therapy at this point but right um, <laughs> i'll just let y'all keep going um as we got as we got older and i we've been able to call her out a little bit more mm-hmm. or, or a lot a bit more she, she's mm-hmm. she's she's opening up and re- like i realized that she had a very tra- dramatic childhood she she was marissa (laughs) like she had to be the independent one taking care of her whole family so Um, it's weird for her to not have to take care of people (laughs) so like i I, there's a lot like even now i tell her like i was like that's something you need to work through and like you should probably like even like uh, put our business out there our family business out there but like (laughs) with our with like with, with Uncle Rick, like she told me the other day, like oh. he keeps calling, he keeps calling, he keeps calling. I said, "Tell that man to stop calling, or he's gonna call the police." She oh. called me today this morning. She called me today this morning. She said, "Um, I I didn't say that." I said, <laughs> I, "She said she said something else." And I was like, "Well, you're you're the one that's worried about him contacting you still. Why did you not say what I told you to say?" like like, i i i get where you're coming from and i like i understand that it's still she has a lot of learning and things and healing that she needs to go through before she's able to process it for us but anyways hello back to new yes (laughs) moral of the story talk to your parents (laughs) they need help go to therapy (laughs) That's the answer for everything. Just go to therapy, child. Go to therapy. Or start a podcast and talk to your family members. <laughs> I was like, this is a whole whole different episode now. We're going to bring you back for the parent episode when we just talk about it. Oh, my goodness. 
Go ahead, Tony. Go ahead. Like, I don't even know what to say now. Shit. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, just listening to y'all talk and you know have have your little therapy moment. I just heard a lot of parallels between your relationship with your mom and my relationship with my mom and also like how my sister plays a part in that and everything. It's, uh, yeah, we're going to have to save a lot of it for a different episode, <laughs> just talking about parental relationships. But um, I think the biggest roadblock for me has been boundaries with my parents Oof. and just trying to find a way to respectfully address that. And let them know, like, hey, I get it. I'm I'm your daughter, but I'm not a child. Mm. Mm. And that was so perfect. <laughs> I, it, and like I try my best to be understanding, right? Because I'm the youngest in my family. I was spoiled. I know I was spoiled. And you know, they they want to keep treating me like I am a I was I'm the baby, I'm the spoiled child or whatever, but like no. I'm grown. I don't need you to hover over me. And it also, it's tough because growing up, y'all know this, the audience should mm-hmm. know this by now, but I was two years younger than like all of my peers because skip kindergarten, started first grade early. So I went to college at 16. So of course that made the parents even more paranoid. But <laughs> again, like just how y'all, y'all's mom raised you, my mother, both my parents really, raised me to be independent. So mm-hmm. when I've been self-sufficient in the world and just been able to take care of myself and been an independent person, they're just like, why don't, why are you acting like this? Why don't you need me? And I'm like, well, this is how you raised me. Like, I'm good. Mm. You provided the tools. And also, like, have you met me? What do you want me to do? <laughs> you've you've been living with this personality for how many years now? You know I'm good. And every time they come to me, I'd be like, do you want me to be Uncle Danny? Because I'll come and sleep on your couch and like never leave. <laughs> if you're going to pay my bills, I will do that. And they're like, no. All right, then. Yeah. Let me live my best life. <laughs> right. Now, that finances one, Marissa, when you mm. said that your mom, <laughs> you had to tell her to like yeah. stop looking at your account or whatever. Yeah, that was, <laughs> there was this one time that my mom asked me about something that I had spent my money on. It was actually back when I was dating Adam and I had mm. sent him some money. I think we like split the cost of something. It was like the cost of a flight or something. So it was like on the, on the larger end of purchases. So she called me, she was like, um, I got a question for you. Why are you giving money to Adam? And in that moment I had to... I had to be like, Tony, stay calm. This is your mother on the phone. This is your mother. I had to do like a deep, heavy sigh and think of the most respectful ways to say, mind your business. Mm. And I ended mm. up just saying that. I said, mom, this is the only time I ever told her to mind her business. And I was like, mom, I mean this in the living. most respectful way that I possibly can. But that is not your business. And mm. she respected it. She still had questions. It was asking me stuff. I was like, that is not your place. That is not your business. So it's 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 been it's been a journey. It's been a journey. That is the only time I said something like that to my mother. But I was like, oh no, you you can't you can't be doing this. I'm a whole dog. Hot mess. And that and that's I think that's where it really stemmed from too, because it would be like, oh, I 
this purchase, like, this sounds weird. Like, what was this? Or did it, like, I'm going to, one day, one day I'm going to, this sounds bad. I'm going to buy, like, a, a, what, a sex toy or, like, a porno thing, like, Mm -hmm. And make sure she, and then she's going to stop asking questions. But no, she stopped, she, she, she respected it. I was just like, I'm making the purchase. Like, I promise you I'm making the purchase. If I'm not going to make the purchase, I look at my account enough and every day to flag the purchase. Please stop. Yeah. They call you. Like, yeah. I tried to get money out of ATM the other day and nice! it didn't go oh through. God. And they, the old girl was like, did you just try to get $800? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't think the ATM had money. Okay, I will unblock your card. Thank you, Suzanne. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I definitely, I definitely resonate, Tony. Yeah. I think when she saw that, I'm trying to remember (laughs) that conversation exactly, but I think she was saying something along the lines of like, you know, you're not paying this man's bills or something like that. And I'm like, what? Did you forget, like, you raised me? Did you forget who you were talking to? Does that sound like a Tony ass thing to do? <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, it's been a journey. It's still a journey. We're getting there. We're getting there. She's she's starting to accept, like, oh, this is this is a whole person, a whole adult that is capable of being independent, and like she'll always need me because I'm her mother, but she doesn't need me all the time because she's grown. Mm-hmm. She's not gonna say she's wrong, but you y'all get it. Okay, so then last question, and we can go and teach people how to adult and whatever. So, do you feel like this is just a mom thing? Because filler for the audience, we both have dads. Yes. <laughs> like our fathers are totally in the picture. Yeah, <laughs> like they are in our lives. <laughs> so it, my dad, he's. He only cares about financial stability. So as long as your bills are straight, you're straight. Like he's not going to really be on you. He that's why he was so pressed when I was like I said in undergrad about my education because he knew quote unquote artists didn't make no money. However, <laughs> comma mm-hmm. he realizes now that it can be lucrative and why and why I did it. So he's good, and I really haven't had problems explaining things to him since yeah he's pretty easy going <laughs> he'd be trying to stay out my mama way too <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's a mom thing i cannot speak for you know all all children of black mothers or of black parents <laughs> But, you know, just based on my experience and the experience of many of my friends and many of the other Black people that I interact with, it seems like a mom thing amongst this community. (laughs) At least. At least. (laughs) At at least. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure non-Black people have to deal with it, too. I'm I'm sure. Yes. Uh, mm Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> what you okay. got to say, Marissa? I, I will say, I will say that it's probably a more of a minority thing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, different cultures and backgrounds have like their own roadblocks and stuff like that right. with their parentals. Uh, but of the, how do I politely say this? Oh Lord, is it what they call <laughs> BIPOC now? 
Yeah. Or URMs. <laughs> the people that are not in that community. Yeah. <laughs> Homogeneous community. Uh, um, community <laughs> and i do apologize if I, if i offend anybody to not cancel jamay or tony this is a, <laughs> this, this is a thought a thought of marissa lucas of her own and nothing that was told yeah. to tell me to say but uh in my experiences they did not have that same like that same childhood um, yeah so. yeah mm-hmm. Never it's very we it's yeah. very, it's very interesting. I, like sharing my experiences, it's very fun sharing my experiences with other people of color because it's like, oh man, they can relate. And then you just, you just listen to everybody else, and you're like, ah, I'm gonna shut up on this one because you're not gonna understand. You yeah, know, not at all. We wouldn't be here if we did half the things. <laughs> but if you are again a non-black listener and you're wondering why there's all typically an automatic connection when black people or people of color get into the same room it's because of the cultural similarities between us right it's right. pretty much it don't feel bad it's we we're not trying to exclude you you just don't see us we see each other <laughs> Do you, um tony don't follow me on instagram which is okay um <laughs> <laughs> No, it was a shady. It was in my poster. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't know him. Let me go ahead and follow no. you right now. No, no it, we were talking about culture. No, I said it on my close friends the other day. I was watching. I was watching SWAT, and this Asian guy is married to a Caucasian woman, and. The Asian man was connecting with one of his uh, neighbors, which is also an Asian woman, um, mm-hmm. in the same um, I don't know, the same type of uh, what I don't even know how to describe it, but the same background. And then, so the the Caucasian woman, his wife, was getting like jealous or kind of like insecure about their connection and their like shared stories. And he was, like, trying to reaffirm her that, oh, like, you don't have anything to worry about as we just share this, like, connection because of our cultures. But he was, like, I want to I want to learn about your cultures, too. Like, I want to learn about your culture, too. He said, yeah, I want to learn about county fairs and county. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he oh. said, county fairs, beauty pageants, and cow tipping. And I was like, not that day. Oh no! And this was on, this was on a television show. I would, he said I, to his wife? Oh not no! His wife. Was she I, from Kentucky? I, I maybe I missed that part of the story, but I just cracked up because I was like, "That's what you related to her culture." <laughs> Damn. You know, I feel like if I was a white woman, I wouldn't be mad at the county fairs. Probably wouldn't even uh-huh. be that mad at the beauty pageant, but the cow tipping—that's just rude. Yeah, the, that's, that's just rude. Disrespectful. That was disrespectful. That was some West Virginia ass shit. But yeah, and, but that's what—that was a segue from like where what we were talking about, like why we connect and our shared experiences through culture. And I was like, that yeah, that's crazy that they right. they wrote that in the script. <laughs> Somebody got it. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay, well, let's bring it on home. <laughs> I hope your viewers don't have a short attention span. Oh, well, you know, I think they're they're here for the antics. If you've made it to this point in the episode, that was a high five for you. 
just for you. <laughs> and you get to learn how to adult through new environments. Boom. So how are you making your adjustments? I know we sprinkled this kind of throughout the episode so you can summarize things if it gets redundant. But when it comes to responsibilities, financial, relationship, all of that jazz, how are you making your adjustments? Especially you, Marissa, being new ish mm-hmm. to this experience. Yes, uh-huh. teach the people. So I didn't say this before, but financially, I only get paid once a month. Me too, girl. Which, which I like, I had to really, really budget. Like I had to create a budget and I had to stick to a budget and I can't go over it or out of it because I won't have any money at all. And so that, that's probably like my biggest adjustment that I'm making or biggest tip or tidbit that I would say like if you're only not only getting paid once a month but like if you are if you know financially that your bills or this is coming out or this is coming out stick to that and like see what your income is coming in because it's Mm -hmm. out the door like you blink and it's out the door so mm-hmm. you can't you can't get caught lacking. You can't get caught slacking, or you your accounts withdraw overdrawn and all this stuff. So I think that I had to make the biggest adjustment by actually sticking to my budget because there there's been years I've created one, and I just didn't stick to it because I was like, oh my account is fine, my savings is fine, but now that I don't really have a savings and and I got obviously rent and medical benefits and insurance and car insurance and liability insurance, apartment, all this stuff coming out. And then my student loans is about to kick in. Oh, wait, Mm. they pushed it back. They pushed it back. That's what I heard anyway today. They're going to, they approved the $10,000 loan forgiveness. And then apparently they pushed it. If you're making less than 125 grand. um, And then they pushed it back to, I think, December 31st, 2022. Oh, thank God. Oh, Lord. I know. I almost cried today. <laughs> that's but, but like, yeah, that's that's financially um, relationship wise. Don't always feel the need to have to reach out to other people. There are people that do care about you. So if they're not reaching out to you, don't think that they don't care about you. And if they are consistently not reaching out to you, maybe they don't care about you. And you should <laughs> you should rethink mm-hmm. who you let in your circle and let in your um, environment because that can take you down too. Um, romantically, don't settle for nobody. Don't settle for less. Like know who you are. Know 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 what you deserve and how you should be treated and what you should get out of a relationship. Because I've have I have friends that are like now like oh man oh no I don't know if they're gonna watch this I ain't gonna do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't 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 settle for anything and then. Yeah, career-wise, I, I think the whole sum up of it, sorry, I keep talking. Um, the sum <laughs> summary of it is those expectations that you made will never fit the reality or what Ooh. God's plan is for you. So don't get caught up on your expectations and when things go sideways. It's not that it, it wasn't meant for you, it, but it will be mm. for you in the end. Mm. Not you giving a cheat code early. Damn. What's the point of going? Shit. <laughs> I will say for those who have snooping parents, open another bank account, a different bank account. 
they can't see the ones that their names are not on. <laughs> That's an adjustment right there. Um, outside of that, I don't know. But that whole being paid once a month thing, both my jobs paid once a month. Uh, so I would just recommend paying your bills and yourself first, and then whatever is left over, if anything is left over. <laughs> you know, be wise with that. I will say the only thing around responsibilities, because I have way too many, um, pace yourself. Um, I know when you're transitioning from one thing to another, like we talked a lot about it on this, this episode is going from a whole bunch of shit to like nothingness (laughs) and then not wanting to do anything because you're tired or vice versa, where you're going from a whole bunch of nothingness to, all of the things that whatever Jemay has on her plate. Um, maybe maybe pace yourself a little. Don't take on too much. Uh, I think the saying is the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So make sure that you're factoring yourself into the time that you have in the day. Because obviously you have eight hours that you give a job. <laughs> then you probably have to talk to your friends and family if you care about them. But make sure that you're carving out time for yourself because you will lose your mind. Yes. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Marissa already gave like a whole bunch of, as Jamae calls it, good grocery. And yes, Jamae just did her little (laughs) mic drop. So there's not much to add there. Um, The only thing I'll say is about relationships and I guess maintaining and or building relationships just understand the type of relationships that you have with all the people in your life and you're allowed to have different types of relationships with everybody everybody's not going to be a best friend everybody's not going to be a close friend some people are maybe just more social friends some people might be a closer friend but you talk to them a lot less often and that's fine that doesn't mean that they don't love you or like the relationship isn't as valuable. That just means that y'all got lives and you don't talk as often. (laughs) Some people might just be like business friendships or stuff like that. So just understand where people are in your life and move accordingly. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. And also with the finances, there's more so for the people that are a little bit earlier on in their adulthood, but it applies to mm-hmm. anybody that's going through a period of, um, I was about to say brokenness, but that sounds bad. <laughs> okay. If you just have a little less money in your account, you gotta, you gotta ignore the FOMO. Ignore mm. the FOMO. You can't do everything. You can't be at everybody's event. You're going to have to sacrifice something so you can Sorry. still have money in your account. You'll be all right if you miss that event, if you miss that trip, if you miss that party, girl, you'll be all right. Specific person came to mind, but it is what it is. Make sure, (laughs) just pay your bills, y'all. Pay your bills. On that note, we're going to move on to the cheat codes. So Marissa (laughs) already gave us like a fire-ass cheat code, but did you have any more that you wanted to give to the occasional adults, Marissa? I got to think. I gotta think. Yeah, go. Okay. <laughs> While Marissa's right. thinking, Jamee, what you got? Okay. Hmm. I just knew that Marissa was gonna be like, fuck these niggas. Like <laughs> that was gonna be her cheat code around relationships. Um, okay, this one is off the top of the dome. It's been really coming up a lot recently, but that whole sermon 
from Mike Todd, that whole series about here versus there. Mm-hmm. And everybody's always trying to get there, but they don't appreciate the here. So be present, I guess, in where you're at right now, instead of always trying to get to the new environment, because where you're at right now is preparing you for that next and or new environment. So if you don't have the patience to absorb whatever you need to absorb, whether it's good, bad, growth, I don't know, skill set, building, whatever it may be, just know that it's for a reason and you need that thing to get to where you're going. That's mm. good. And yours is I actually guess. really similar to mine, but different wording. But you know what? I'm going to say oh, mine anyway. Oh, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I can't. It's fine because I can't even take credit for this one. I actually got this from All American. I don't know if anybody <laughs> in the audience watches All American, but I've been catching up on season four like all this week. So this came from my good sis, Coop. Mm. Learn to sit in the uncomfortable and trust that you're strong enough to weather it. Okay. Because as you're going through these new environments and these different changes that are coming with these new environments, the growth, the adulting, it's all going to be uncomfortable. So you can't rush it. You also can't avoid it. You just have to learn to embrace it and let it be Mm. and grow in that discomfort and know that you will be okay when you come out on the other side. Yes. We're here. Shout out to Coop. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch the show now. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, I guess the final thing that I get, came up with in my mind. Well, first off, Jermaine, it's always fuck these ninjas, okay? Uh, <laughs> I know that's right. Let's keep it. Let's keep it real here. Um, but it kind of it ties into what you guys said, but it goes back towards like, being in a new environment by yourself and mm-hmm. there it, it's okay to not be okay. I know like this gets talked mm-hmm. about a lot, but it's okay to not be okay, but keep an eye on your mental health because you will go through things that are hard. Like I realized, um, I like, I had to pull myself kind of out of like a hole because I realized like when I got here and my like work was shit, life was shit. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh man, I hate this. Um, but I I wasn't acting myself and I had to like pull myself out of a hole a little bit, but keep an eye on your mental health because you will Mm -hmm. drive yourself crazy or drive yourself like in the dumps. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you are just pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away, it will come back and bite you in the ass. So Mm -hmm. or hit you like a Mac joke. just, Keep an eye on yourself and take care of yourself. Yeah, That's good. If you don't deal with it now, you're going to deal with it later, like a boomerang. <sighs> okay. <laughs> we all have too much experience with that. Well, Marissa, it has been great having you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. You have been a great guest. You gave oh, some great advice. It. And a whole lesson. Yes. <laughs> Got yeah. an, at anatomy, all the therapy, we're <laughs> all in it. It's here. <laughs> I learned a lot about bull riding. <laughs> <laughs> we're an educational. What? Wait, we're a comicational. So you know, 
of Convocational Podcast. Is that what Dylan called us? Yes, he called us Convocational. Okay. Shout out to Dylan. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, do you want to <laughs> shout out your socials and everything so the people know where to find you and where to follow you and all that? <laughs> so Tony can follow you. <laughs> yes, so he wants to follow you. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't really be using Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, but my, um, my Instagram is R-I-S-S-A-E-V underscore. So Rissa E, my first name and, uh, my middle name and then underscore. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jamaica can probably attest to it. Unless you want to close friends, you ain't going to see much because I got kids following me that used to be at my, like, high school. Oh, true. And my coaches and stuff. So, like, I, I put it on the close friends because I really am a comedian. Hilarious. And- Absolutely. <laughs> when I'm having a bad day, I go and watch her story. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's really, like, unless you're on the close friends, uh, you're really not going to see much. So, if you don't follow me, I'm, I, it is okay. It is okay. <laughs> and I, I, Tony, not, I'll push you. Not you, Tony. I would say, Tony, if you do follow me, I will put you on the close friends so you can see the shenanigans. Good, because I want to see it's it all. exclusive VIP experience. I'm ready to see the comedy, the mess, all of it. I really do. I, just, I be talking shit about my coaches. I be talking shit about the kids. And then Ooh. I be like... <laughs> Don't air your shit out. You can't tell people what's on close friends if you gonna put it on close friends. They would know, nobody know, but like, I, not even talking shit, but like, my life is a joke. It's a really a clown. Like, I'm a, like people treat me like I'm a clown. So that's her favorite emoji. It's great. It yeah. is so great. That's why. Sorry, this is this is the last statement I will make, and then <laughs> thank you for thank you all for having me as a guest for <laughs> for for Halloween. Uh, for Halloween, I was uh. I, I was I was what these niggas uh, took me for, and so like oh I, painted, my God. I I I painted my nose like red, oh. and I like wore a name tag and said a joke, and I was I basically I was a clown, but I was what these niggas took me for. Oh, like my just like God. just a little a little sprinkle of the things you may may see. <laughs> oh wow! On that note. <laughs> That uh wraps up this episode <laughs> of the podcast at Occasional Adult Pod on Instagram. You can listen to all of our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. So yeah, thank you again, Marissa, because you're funny as fuck. <laughs> oh, and all the other people who are struggling on the level that Marissa is struggling on. If you have questions for us or things that you want us to talk about, we have introduced again Ask OAP, which is our listener letter. You can go to our Instagram, which Tony just dropped, and click the link in the bio, and you should be able to find the little link there. Fill it out. Let us know what you need. We're going to try to help. Yep. Okay, that's all we got for you. Bye, guys. It was a blessing.